So last night we learned the Chavis feeling towards writing this whole Sefer. And he said that I did it in order that I should be able to have a standard for myself, put it down, because all of these things that I worked on, I was afraid I was forgetting it. And I wanted to have it in a Sefer. And this way it would be of benefit for me. And even more benefit for other people. And now he says, astounding remarks, So I said to myself, I'm going to compose a Sefer. That we divided up to all the main principles of the duties of the heart. All the mitzvahs that are required by the thought and by feelings. And I'll make it a compilation of all of these concepts. And it'll be well, uh, it will be well detailed. We'll have enough in it. We'll have a, a guide to the proper and straight way. And it will guide in similar ways to the earlier pious people. So will awaken those who are in a slumber of foolishness. And it will delve into all of the various components of this Chochmah, I mean the Chochmah of that we're required to have. This is, this is where he was going with this. And I will mention all of the things that Hashem wants us to do with His Torah, through His Torah. He says, It will save souls. Because if you live without the Chavis of others, He says, You're a lost person. He says, It will be Mamish Hatzolus Nefoshis. It will be saving people. Those who already do, it will be mazaras them, it will give them extra courage. It will awaken those who have ignored this. And it will straighten out those who want to get on the on this path. And those who procrastinate, it will hopefully get them habituated to it. And all straighten out uh, and make 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 lotion of uh, making happy those who begin it and it will be a guiding path for those that are confused okay so this is why he wants to write the safer and then when I started considering doing it what I had decided from writing the safer Raisi, I saw a person like me has no right to write such a sefer. And I really looked into myself. I'm very limited. I am so limited in terms of what I really could offer in writing a sefer. Because I saw this would be a a uh, very heavy work to do. And the kites are daiti, and I know my limited knowledge, the chalisha sikhli, and my weak intellect, 
I really don't understand all of these things proper that I should be able to think I'm worthy of writing a saver. And on top of that, I'm also not so well equipped with the writing skill of Arabic. Obviously, he knew Arabic, but he spoke Lashon HaKadosh as well. But he says, I would have to write the Sefer in Arabic. I would have to write in Arabic. Because I want people to understand it, and that's what most people write and and read. But I was afraid, I should start exerting myself to something that I am totally limited in my capacity. I should sort of trample over this good meat of staying quietly. I therefore decided to go back on my original plan. And I decided to drop the idea. It's, it's amazing that he felt that it was so important to write this all out and to, to describe his whole thought process here. Because he was, he was a great person, obviously. Rabbeinu Bachi ibn Pekuda. And he knew that everything that he was going through this turmoil was also something that he wanted to impart when he finally did write it. And he says, you know, I really said, I, I mean, I can't, I can't do this. I mean, I'm not a good writer in Arabic. I don't really know all of these concepts well enough. It, it, it's not for me. I'm limited. So he dropped the idea. Now, he doesn't say how much time it went from the time he dropped it till the next paragraph. Who knows? Maybe it was overnight. Maybe it was over many months. But then when I started thinking about it again, when I got rid of this burden of undertaking this work, and I put it aside from writing it, I started thinking again, I suspected myself I realized the reason why I came to that conclusion was because I preferred to go the easy route I preferred to have it peaceful and I chose to go on the the bed of laziness it's it's quieter it's calmer and that's why I was doing it. The Oresi, I was afraid, Really, what was pushing me is because it's easier not to do it. It's an undertaking. If you've ever written a book, you know what it's like. It's these late nights and going over and it's tedious and it's checking it and making deadlines. And then dealing with publishers and editors, it's a lot of work. And he realized that this excuse that he had, I'm not really so capable of it, I don't write so well. He thought about it again and he realized this was an excuse. It was an excuse because he wanted to be lazy, he wanted to go the easy route. The wanted to have serenity. I'd rather lay in the bed of laziness. Then I realized, you know, there are many wise people who 
we lost their great contribution to society, to Torah, to Yiddishkeit, to the world, because of fear. And how much are we lacking because of that fear? There are many people who have good ideas, who have good talents, and they could do things, and they give an excuse, ah, I don't think I can do it. Why? And what's underlying them is what's motivating them is really the laziness. And I remembered the old adage, one, he, he says, I remembered that there is a, a saying. There's, there's an old adage. Hold on, Rabbi Say. Oh, we're back. We're back, Rabbi Say. Okay. He says, I remember the old adage that one thing you have to be careful about is don't be too cautious. Be cautious not to be overly cautious. And this is true. Sometimes, of course, you have to be careful about risks, about working too hard, but sometimes a person overthinks things. I really can't, I shouldn't. And what's really underlying is not the fear of being unsuccessful, not the fear of being capable, but it's the fear of the workload. And he therefore he says, Marty, I said, if every person who was ready to undertake something good, or to want to guide people in the right way, would be shaysek if he would be quiet, and be idle. I have to wait till everything is perfect, till I'm the, the exemplary one at this area that I want to write about, and I know everything perfect, and I can do it perfectly. He says. If that would be, if everybody wait would wait until they're perfect, until they, they, they get to their desired point, what they want, no one would ever speak anything. After the Nevi'im, which Hashem told them, says, say this to Klal Yisrael, after that, no one would say anything. No Rebbe would be say, how can I teach? I don't know everything. No one would want to give it a good idea. I don't know if it's going to work out. Everyone would be paralyzed and not then get anything done. Except for the Nevim Hashem The prophets Hashem charged them, chose them with His message and gave them strength to that. This is the old saying. What's the old saying? That perfection is the enemy of good. Things could be good thinks it'd be okay. It's not perfect. But if you want to be perfect, then you'll never end up doing things that are good. That's what he's saying over here. If everyone wanted to get to a perfect character, but he won't be able to attain it. And therefore he would just leave what he had. We would be empty. We would be bereft of all good. And we would be lacking from all treasured good things. And they will be chasing false hopes. And all the paths of good would be desolate. 
and all of the houses of kindness would be bereft. In other words, not everything could be done in a perfect way, whether a person thinks it, or even if he knows that it's not going to be perfect. He said, but that's not a good excuse to not do things in the right way. And he says now something fascinating. He says, noisi. I thought about it a little bit more. That Kianafoshois, he says, Tavosan Rabal Asig Naturally, we have such a desire to do things that are wrong, that are bad, that are evil. And yet, we're weak in terms of going on the path of doing kindness. And we're lazy to get up and go do good things. And we like to just have a good time. To the extent, if a person sees some image, some visual of some lustful thing, Shiikra Esen, that's calling him, it's beckoning him. He starts thinking all these false excuses and rationalizing to go do it. And he relies on these excuses, to uphold of his choosing to go bad. To strengthen his reasoning, and to sort of rationalize this doing. And on the other hand, Vim Yor Lam Nera Emes Likraisa, but all of a sudden a great idea pops into his head, some great light. By this Varm Batalim, yeah, he starts thinking this excuse, that excuse. Limonim in the, nah, I can't really do that. Yeah, I shouldn't, I won't work. Vatanoisalov, and he has other arguments, Umachtioisashvilov, and he breaks down all of the paths, the Saisas Yonov, and he's able to contradict and demolish. All of the ideas, it's an amazing thing, he says. He says, when we want to do something that's wrong, we could think of every excuse in the book, we can rationalize why this is okay and it's the right thing to do. And when we are, when we're tempted to do something that's good and right, yeah, but I don't think so, I don't think so, I'm too tired, all of a sudden, all the excuses in the book come out. And he's being very honest and open with himself. Every person has his enemy right at his side. That's the Eitzar, unless he's helped from Hashem. Therefore you have to whack it. If something comes up good, don't delay. If this Yetzirah is trusting getting you excuses to why you shouldn't do this good thing, you got to get rid of it and overcome it. So this is what he says. This is what I went through this whole process of saying I'm not going to do it. And then I said, no, it's my laziness that has given me all these reasons, these excuses why I shouldn't be doing it. And when he finally chapped that, when he was when he understood what's pushing him to do it, he says, then I did an about face, and he's going to say, that's why he decided to write it. We'll see the end of this thought, Mitzvah Shem, tomorrow night. Kol Tuva Gutenacht.